0: This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez,
1: And I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Top story. The Iowa caucus was a disaster. Totally predictable, in my opinion, although they are not pointing out the obvious, which I think is that the totally ill-advised rules change created a problem. And what they're saying is that they cannot tally the results because there are problems with the app. They used an app to tally the results. They're pointing to a lot of different reasons for that. People are pointing fingers. I just looked at it, and it's 1,700 districts. There's like three different numbers, one of which is completely irrelevant. So they're saying, oh, for the first time, we had to report the initial caucusing, the final caucusing, and then the weighted delegate count. The initial caucusing, which they're reporting for the first time, has less meaning than ever before because there were two ways to game it. Everybody would like— It
1: causes controversy is really all it does. What do you mean? By putting it out there. Oh, yes, it's the goal is to
0: cause controversy. But it's so obvious that there was no other reason to start reporting that number now when that number is worth less than ever— Why would you start? And so my objection is that the articles about it don't point out how obvious that was.
1: Yeah. And just like we talked about yesterday, everybody wins at Iowa because everybody can claim that they won every single candidate come
0: up with any results. Now, I thought it would be totally even. So what I thought would happen, what I was trying to say was that there's everybody goes into the section, the silo that they're supposed to. If your guy doesn't have 15%, you get to reallocate. That's going to game it. You can game it in two ways. By overweighting somebody you want to have to stay in like that, whose delegates you don't want reallocated, or you can go stand in an area where you know those delegates will be reallocated. That all happens in the first round. That means that all the the tallies in the first round are tainted by gaming. So it has absolutely no value. And then the second round was further tainted because the first round, if you were in a 15 percenter, you got to just write your name down and go home. Now, the beauty of the caucus is that it is a grassroots, transparent process where you understand the zeitgeist, you get to talk, you get to see where people are going, and you get to actually react to that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And as Grassley said, it's a... A unique It says the state's unique role encourages grassroots nominating process that empower, empowers everyday Americans, not Washington insiders or powerful billionaires. That was his quote. And, and I think he's right. And by making it impossible for this process to function – they took that power away, which I think was their goal all along. And they're not actually saying that their dumb rules changes is what blew this thing up. What they're actually saying is this was, thing was on the rocks already. They tried to fix it, but it was hopeless. This is just an archaic, out of date way to select people. They're trying to get rid of it. It's a great, transparent, hard to rig process that, because of its front runner status, it has like a 20 times weight. Than the actual delegates, so it's as if they were picking 800 delegates. That's the statistical significance of who comes out as the winner in Iowa. Now, Trump is saying, "Oh, they rigged it because they still hate Bernie." I think that's a, a, you know, an easy conspiracy theory to take away from the fact that it's undermining uh, one of the last vestiges of transparency in the election process.
1: Yeah, what it's going to ultimately do. The impact on public perception is it's going to reaffirm how hackable elections are because they're blaming it on this app, saying it was an app failure, while other people are saying it wasn't an app failure. The people were just too old and stupid to know how to use it. But either way, whenever an app comes up, it's going to make people – and there's going to be a lot of new voting technology. So it reaffirms what we've been talking about, the democracy has failed – and it primes the pump for the election hacking narrative. So, oh, remember when that app got hacked? Of course the Russians hacked the 2020 election. It's so easy to do. It further adds to that. And the app, the the hacking thing was interesting because they throw in these little details like, well, there was some inconsistencies reported, which sounds similar to the CNN poll that got shut down because of inconsistencies and information left out they're putting that stuff out there to make it seem as though, oh, Bernie's getting screwed. What are these unspoken about inconsistencies? There was even one guy who said that he realized it wasn't working because they said it wasn't working Thursday. They said they already knew it wasn't working. So he tried to call. So they had the smart technology that failed. Then they reverted back to the old technology, the phones. They got stuck on hold and they went to bed. So this is going to happen a lot in the future. We're going to, depend on smart technology without really testing it, and then when it fails, we're not going to be able to use the old technology anymore either because we're too stupid or because we didn't plan for it, but this one guy said that he just sent someone over to where they needed to go with like a, the results physically, and that that person was turned away and not allowed to give the results. I don't know the follow-up on that story, but there's a lot of details to create what you nailed yesterday, that the outcome is vague, it's the art of ambiguity, And it's extreme.
0: They did say that there, thankfully, there's a paper trail so we can verify all of this. And I don't know why they would put that in there to just make it look like, hey, we got this. Don't worry. We're not that incompetent. I mean, again, that is an element of ambiguity. But I agree that the I just the, the bottom line is, first of all, they did not need two sets of raw data, especially not for the first time, because the first set is meaningless. And the second set has less meaning anyway. And then when you're just talking about a very simple like 10 category tally for 1,700 places, that's a very easy number to calculate. It's, and then once you have that, it's easy to just – the next level would be weighting, weighted, the weighted delicate number. But it just seems like a very simple thing to be able to do. With an app or without an app, as a backup. I mean, a backup would be easy. It's hard to believe. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in the incompetence narrative, right? And since since they they screwed it, they did screw it up on purpose, in my opinion. And then they have this cover up narrative that it was sinister and political they always pump this advocacy narrative that Bernie supporters or Hillary supporters or Trump supporters or whatever people have their horse in the race and they're cheating to get that horse. It's kind of like what we talked about with Brian Toohey. It When you think that your guy is cheating for you, that's kind of okay. Yeah. But when, but what I think is that they're all conspiring To subvert this process so that they can funnel all the money and power to the top and split it up as they see fit.
1: Yeah. Another possibility here is that – and we've talked about this a lot lately with a lot of events – is that this was simply a test of a cyber hack or a situation similar to a cyber hack. that They're testing their resources of a complete failure situation, seeing how people react to it, and adjusting accordingly, maybe a simulation without telling people, which – at least I suppose that they do from time to time. The kind con- like it's it is funny because they're saying one of the part of the narrative is no. Well, there was no app training as part of the delicate training. The delegates weren't trained on how to download and use the app on how to download the app. They have to be trained on how to do well, that. Well, They
0: should have. I mean, uh, y- y- they should have that. Of course. Like, I mean, they should have ta- told people how to do whatever they had to do, whether it's. I mean, I I presume that the app was like, here are 10 numbers, fill them in. And then here are 10 more numbers and fill them in. I mean, I don't even know why you would need an app. I personally could have, it probably would have been easier for me as an individual to get 1,700 emails with those two lists of 10 pieces of data each, plus your turnout versus your election turnout, than it was for whoever it was to build that app. And they're not telling us who it was who built it. There was no transparency at all in that process, and well, I think the, it's the company was...
1: that built it is called Shadow Incorporated.
0: Oh, really? And really? the
1: controversy around that, yeah, Shadow Incorporated.
0: I, I and the Wall Street Journal said it was not that information wasn't revealed. So,
1: well, that company also worked with Mayor Pete on some technology stuff, unrelated technology stuff that he did, which is probably part of the reason, along with him announcing that he won. However, everybody implied that they won. He just said that he won. And so one of the top trends on Twitter became mayor, hashtag mayor cheat, which, all, which was <laughs> a nice it. touch there. And then That's another cute. thing they did is CNN started attacking Bernie saying, Bernie's trying to fundraise off of Iowa catastrophe. Everyone's Who fundraising. Who does CNN
0: want? Elizabeth Warren? Like, what's the question? What, what is – why are they trying to torpedo Bernie Sanders?
1: I don't know, but I just found out. He it.
0: wants what they want. He's just a big war, big government guy like everybody else.
1: Yeah. I get six or seven emails from the candidates that I am following, that I'm subscribed to their email list, every single day exploiting whatever the dramatic crisis is of the day to try and get me to donate money. Every single day, I get at least six of those, and, and the headline is, Bernie tries to donate. They're all trying to donate off of it.
0: Well, the impeachment made a huge impact on the campaign fundraising of the Democrats. And did that thing oh, just— Oh, did it? Yes, I tweeted. I CC'd you, but it was just, I just did it, so you probably didn't see it yet. But yeah, that there was an article that they just—it was such a boon to them. I immediately <laughs> thought of you. Yeah. And then the— mm, I was going to say the impeachment seems to have just faded into the Fizzled background away. of our minds. But the, but the vote didn't happen yet. Oh, really? I don't see how they could have 20 Republicans. Oh, they terrified. want to wait till it's after tomorrow. The,
1: after the, the State of, Union State of the tonight? Union, which I think Trump should definitely, for entertainment purposes, come out of the gate with some sort of lighthearted jab at the Iowa Coxes. I know it plays into everything, but.
0: Well, so, he's been tweeting about it. Oh, has all, all the incompetence, and they're really... And then there are articles written about Trump's tweets about what a conspiracy theorist he is and that they wouldn't actually try to hurt Bernie when, of course, they actually did try to hurt Bernie. So you get that thing where people can defend Trump because they actually did this thing that they are now saying it is a conspiracy theory <laughs> they even suspect.
1: Yeah,
0: And this whole thing about conspiracy theories... So that I think there was a conspiracy to destroy the caucus pro- process, to put egg on the face of the caucus process. Trump is alter- offering an alternative conspiracy theory, which just like – well, which is discrediting conspiracy theories – In general. So there is a conspiracy going on, but because he threw out that red herring, no one's going to talk about it. It's kind of like, in a way, it's like the Biden thing where he made the controversy his attack on Biden. But I just found, I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through my old pocket, like Add to Pocket, Save to Pocket, whatever, my repository of news. And I found an article from 2016, 2016 that Trump personally, which I, I always find hard to believe, but whoever handles Trump, personally changed the Republican platform before the Republican National Convention to pull back on Ukraine aid. And that couldn't have had to do with Biden.
1: That's interesting. Isn't that, that, that interesting? Yeah, is that, when did he do that?
0: It was on npr.org was where the article was. It was from 2016. The article was from 2016. I just tweeted it. That we right? It. That is the... I mean, that defeats
1: the entire Entire argument,
0: argument. the entire, because what he was, but because I said, like the IMF was pulling back aid too. like there was an, there were issues with that. Yeah. So now aid is not in question. Biden's corruption is not in question. Then it was only after that, that Peter Schweitzer put, put out that book that called into question corruption at Burisma with Biden and his son and everything. So there's that, but, but the, but this conspiracy theory, and there was another thing. That I noticed, I think Dean tweeted, and I'd seen this law before, I couldn't find the article, I couldn't find quickly what he had tweeted me as an update on this, but there's this suppression of, uh, like, criminal laws against anti-vaxxers voicing their opinions on the internet, and I think in the beginning it was when you're, it's intentional disinfo, but if you genuinely believe it, genuinely believe it, you would not have uh, consequences, but... Now they're saying it doesn't even matter. You're responsible for wrong opinions on the Internet when it comes to vaccinations. I've got to double check that. I'm sure it's – Dean's stuff is always on the money, so I'm sure it's right. But I have to double check what exactly the law says. It hasn't been passed yet, I don't think. But we also got tweeted at us that the coronavirus is – that the news about the coronavirus, any kind of offsetting this isn't so bad kind of news, is being suppressed openly like outwardly the gates foundation world health organization is saying we are we are manipulating search engines we are catering search to make sure that the official narrative on coronavirus is the only thing that rises to the surface
1: that is something similar to what i brought today which is basically that we do not know at all really what's going on with the coronavirus i think we're completely in the dark on it because I didn't know that. That that's. I mean, that just adds to this. China is like persecuting people who are trying to report on what's really going on with the virus. That's what
0: they say. But I think the coronavirus is a mild flu. So they might be suppressing that, <laughs> you know? well, When I read that the CDC reported that 620, which I don't believe that either, but they said 626,000 people die every year of the flu. If they're, If the CDC is saying that, I don't believe it, but why are they saying this is such a big deal? Everybody, If you could take a measure right now of how many people have a cold of the 7 billion people in the world, probably like a billion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 20,000 Chinese people coughing is probably pretty low.
1: The story that I read and the validity of it, I, I can't verify because—
0: Where I, did you read it? Do you have the site on your— on I don't your have time?
1: the site on me. It was. Do you
0: think it was mainstream?
1: It, I don't think it was like— it wasn't the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, it
0: wasn't the Washington Post, where you can be absolutely certain that the agenda is the number one item.
1: Yeah, right. but it wasn't. All, it also wasn't like you know dot CCP or some weird. Yeah, thing. It yeah, was yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal website. Right. Yeah, it was the L.A. Times. That's what it was. Here it is. It was the L.A. Times. They interview the guy whose name is Fang Bin over the telephone. So I guess the L.A. Times is somewhat a mainstream outlet. The story started out talking about a guy who started recording things at a hospital near where the virus came out, near where Wuhan, and he posted the video online and the video showed eight bodies, eight dead bodies that he saw within like a 5-minute span and that video was taken offline and I believe that same night I think he got A knock on the door and standing outside was like five guys in hazmat suits demanding that he come with them and be quarantined. And it turns out it was the police and he said he's fine and to come back with a warrant. They broke into his house, confiscated in
0: China he said come back with a warrant?
1: He said, come back with – this is how the article translated. Right, but, right. Yeah.
0: I didn't know they even had any rights That's what all. I thought
1: too. I don't know what yeah. the rights were, and clearly right. he didn't have any because they busted the door.
0: Right, <laughs> right. They right. took
1: all the stuff. They arrested him. They detained him for a little while, and they accused him, at least according to this guy, they accused him of taking money from a foreign country in exchange for posting videos that makes the virus look worse than it is. It spreads fear about the virus. And – That sprang into talking about these other activists that were trying to uncover – citizen journalists, I use that term, trying to uncover what's really going on and investigate the virus – that some 300 people have been detained and silenced for attempting to do that. And that foreign correspondents have had their cameras, their recorders taken and deleted and have been escorted away from hospitals in Wuhan. This article made it sound like – and I found some others that support it – there is complete suppression going on of what is actually going on with whatever this virus is over there because the state media is just reporting about how fantastic the reaction has been. Or,
0: Yeah, what I did notice for sure that yesterday, the difference between yesterday and today, reading the paper yesterday and prior to that, I think I, I said on the air, the World Health Organization, when they said that they were going bananas trying to like cordon stuff off, it was in no way... To say that China isn't giving out this monumental, very impressive effort and that it's really just designated for shithole countries and whatever. We've just got to make sure it stays out of Africa because they're not going to be able to handle it, but China can. And I noticed they emphasized, and I mentioned, I think, how well China was doing. Then today I saw in the mainstream media that China is has now doubled the number, 20,000, and they're coming under pressure For what you're talking about, so I don't, I don't know what. We'll see if another shoe drops. Maybe we'll know where this is headed.
1: I'm curious to dig deeper on this story, and I started to do that a little bit today, and I have a couple more things about it. I have
0: something too, so keep going.
1: I'm, I'm wondering now because I talked to one of my friends' kids over the weekend, and I was asking them. They were talking about the coronavirus, and they were making fun of it, and apparently everybody's schools making fun of it, and even though. We saw some stats saying that a large number of Americans are concerned about it. All I've really seen is a bunch of Americans making fun of it, not taking it all too seriously, and us repeatedly being told by the CDC that nothing can happen. You're fine. It's not going to transmit. It's very hard to transmit. It's only over there, and that kind of makes me wonder if it might actually be something that could spread, you know, get us to let our guard down.
0: I don't. Yeah. Wash your I, hands
1: people's arms. Well. So that's the best defense.
0: They're very Well, that's the thing. Illness spreads a lot that way. Like sanitation has more to do with our better health as far as infectious diseases. I guess antibiotics, of course, but sanitation and our habits have are really the difference maker, I think. Then you have environmental factors that happen all at once that kind of make people sicker not feel well like on a day so you're going to have some of that even without communication yeah but there was something i noticed this was from dean also is a video of like the a what appeared to be a quarantine ward with like hermetically sealed rooms and a lot of that kind of thing hazmat people and i and and person responded to the tweet saying oh yeah they're talking about new types of hospitals with these kind of facilities in them mm-hmm. And that made me think about that this kind of stuff. I, I've been reading a lot about, I, I've been noticing for a long time this idea of prisons. Them, they want to redo prisons. That's a big infrastructure thing. And it reminds me of sports stadiums. Like I lived in Dallas. Da- the Cowboy Stadium was fine. And they deliberately, everybody noticed it, they deliver- deliberately let it go, let let it deteriorate. So that Jerry Jones would have an argument for getting like a billion dollars from the city or like huge tax breaks or whatever. This is like one of the richest guys in the country to build this, what they call Jonestown. It, it's ridiculous. It was so huge. It's where I saw Shakira in her fur bikini. It was so huge in a cage, by the way, just like the kids on stage the other day. Uh, it was so huge that I was sitting on the front. And when I looked back way, way up, like past the suites and everything, it was like a different atmosphere. It was like a little bit foggy. (laughs) Like it was that huge. It was ridiculous. So they're building these state-of-the-art things, and they're using the same type of argument for prisons. They're like, we need to rebuild all these prisons. This is in Alabama. So every time you see an inmate dies, read the article to see what the government wants to do with the prison system. It's almost always build a new prison. And they're saying they don't need new prisons because of capacity. This one about Alabama. It wasn't about capacity or it's run down. It said it was built for warehousing, not for rehab. So we want to build a state-of-the-art facility or several. We want money for these public-private partnerships, federal money. It, it, this, This is cronyism for sure. And now I'm seeing it with the hospitals. They want, especially in China, where I'm sure they're all state-run, They want to start building hospitals with quarantine wards. They build them overnight
1: too. What? They're building them overnight, like in a week's time. That's one of the things they've been attaching these stories is how amazing it is that they built them overnight and the robot doctors that are taking medicines and handling the patients. It's really, it's, it's very strange. There's even more of
0: an experiment. I mean, that, that's Uh what I, I think this is just one of those things where I really think they're. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but the other people smelling rat, a rat with this. Like, it's not just me being like, I don't know. I've got some information for you that so much is happening that I I have to believe. I mean, at the very least, it's the Rahm Emanuel thing. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. And in my opinion, guys like Rahm have agenda cards you know with checklists and it's like yeah. oh here's a crisis what can we do here so they know it's like health crisis what do we want to test yeah yeah and that and then they put plug in all these agenda items and it, that goes way back multitasking for crisis agenda items is a is a decades decades old strategy of the powers that be what else you got
1: well i'm gonna skip to my later point on that because it Pigtails, P- it pigtails, <laughs> it pigtails right off of that.
0: <laughs> All right, that's a little curly. Pigtails, little, <laughs> is a little more on point.
1: All right, so in October of 2019, this is October 15th of 2019. There was a live simulation exercise to prepare the public and private leaders for pandemic response. The world has seen a growing number of ec- of epidemic events amounting to 200 per year, and pandemics could cause an average of annual economic loss of 0.7 global GPE. And this was a John Hopkins – Wait, Center- wait.
0: 0.7 global GPE? 0.7 I've never percent, heard
1: of that. 0.7 percent of global GDP.
0: G- oh, GDP. Yeah, GDP,
1: okay. yeah. I read it wrong. This is a World Economic Forum and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation event That is a high-level simulation exercise for pandemic preparedness and response. And the exercise will bring together business and government and security and public health leaders to address the the potential hypothetical global scenario of a pandemic.
0: When is that article from?
1: This simulation was on – it started on October 15th of 2019.
0: Wow. Because – the pneumonia in China that was attributed to coronavirus and started this was from November. Oh, really? Started back in November. And the the news articles that are really blowing my mind, talk about multitasking is all this stuff about coronavirus affecting global demand for oil and being responsible for not rebounding off of last year's weak economics. Now, Steel and energy, declining demand for steel and energy are very powerful leading indicators of an economic correction. And we are right now in the longest boom in American history. So there's like – unless we have what's called a paradigm shift, like a whole new system, a whole new framework on which to look at these things, we're due for a correction. It makes no sense that there isn't a correction. Yeah, I figured like Dean – Said They just blame it on Trump, but that they're putting the coronavirus. Now, a, a real pandemic, epidemic, like you say, would do it. Little things can make big difference in economic, global economic. You know, it's like butterflies' foot, yeah. wings.
1: They're talking heavily about the economic but it, impact. It
0: sh- it, it, it's like Hurricane Rita, which I was in Houston for versus Hurricane Katrina, which was in New Orleans like the month before. Hurricane Rita, all the damage done was by people panicking. All the damage. It didn't even hit. It didn't even rain. I was there. It didn't even rain. But it was the panic. It was the evacuation. It was the yeah. scarcity. It was It was the panic that created the problems. And, and that was created by policy and alerts and all that kind of stuff. And that is what this coronavirus impact on the global economy is 100% because of reactions to it and not because 400 old Chinese people got pneumonia and died.
1: Listen to this. This is from... A World Economic Forum.
0: Yeah, that's the Davos gang.
1: Yes, it's Davos. This person says, We are in a new era of epidemic risk where central public-private cooperation remains challenged, despite being necessary to mitigate risk and impact. Then goes on to say that now is the time to scale up cooperation between national governments and key international institutions and critical industries to enhance global capacity for preparedness and response. (laughs)
0: sister sister uh okay that's too much for my just made my brain explode (laughs) i knew it because (laughs) the the prison thing is all about the public private and i have this whole diatribe i'm like i'm gonna try not to diatribe anymore we don't have a lot of time so i'm trying not to do that anymore This whole diatribe about the public private thing with prisons and how corrupting it is and untransparent remember when we talked about davos their meeting recently i said oh my gosh i didn't realize that this is like a 50-year plot to merge public and private it's like global fascism they act like they're socialists like truly fascist and that's what they want to do and now i'm wondering if we went back to the davos agenda from i think it was just like a month ago right yeah if this is on that on the like short list agenda is preparing for global pandemic I'll i wouldn't tell you, be surprised
1: it wouldn't surprise me either this is coming straight from the world economic forum website and it gets more and more on point
0: isn't that one yeah have you spent much time on that website or did you just click through to that article
1: i, I go to it every now and then
0: it's fucking scary i know there's a
1: lot of interesting
0: <laughs> you know stuff and it's there. so like sterile looking and it's just like how to implement world governance yeah i'm like oh right my gosh. exactly if they just i think they mean world government yeah yeah <laughs>
1: They changed it.
0: I think I cracked the code on
1: this. <laughs> that's what <on> that means. <laughs> so I want to read one more quick thing from this website and then have another related strange thing going on in China. I know we're running really short on time, but it says, In this new era of extreme pandemic threat, public-private cooperation is essential for an effective response. While governments and public health systems are already strained due to the increase in dangerous outbreaks, experts agree that a severe, fast-spreading human-to-human pandemic incident could happen at any time.
0: You'll note that Facebook, Google, and Starbucks were the companies that shut down their headquarters. Starbucks shut down half of its stores. Half of its stores.
1: In China or just everywhere? Yeah,
0: like, um, like three weeks ago.
1: Around the world or in China?
0: In China. Okay. Yeah. So I don't I, I, I don't know if they're still closed right, but I was like, really? I mean, the people who are at risk are babies and old people. Like, I don't know. Whatever. That I'm yes. sure it's gonna morph and then that research that I did is gonna no longer seem correct with the narrative and then people are gonna be like, No, no, it's blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever, I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, compare until like 600,000 people die of it, I'm going to think it's the same as the things that are killing 600,000 people.
1: Right. Here's what they're doing in China to encourage people, to encourage them to take precautions. We've seen a lot of people wearing the mask, you know, (laughs) we've seen people wearing, they have people wearing tangerine and grapefruit skins on their face empty half gallon jug bottles. One guy was even spotted wearing a woman's bra on his face. I don't know if maybe his girlfriend is wearing face mask on her <laughs> breast and that's I don't know. But there's a lot of extreme measures going on. And what China is doing to the minority of people who have chosen not to wear a mask because most experts agree that they're not that effective. They have flying, talking drones that hover around the streets that go in and out of traffic, and you can watch the videos. It's as creepy as you think it would be. (laughs) Hovering right above people, they're like, what is that? And it tells – it checks people to see if they're wearing a mask, and if they're not wearing a mask, then it says stuff like, where is your mask? Wear your mask. And then here's another example of what it does. There was a man who was plowing snow to get his car out of a parking spot. And while doing so, a drone flew over to him and interrupted him in the freezing cold while he 's trying to get out of his parking spot and It says to him, "Uncle, why are you still going out without a face mask don 't laugh, hurry up and get in your car and go home that 's what he 's doing yeah like go home that 's what you need to be doing and Then when he got in his car and started to drive off, the drone followed him. And it says to him, as he's driving away, don't come outside if you don't have to. Rest at home. And then the drone noticed that He looked back at it and it said, what are you looking at? Go! Go!
0: That is creepy. Did you see a video of that one? Like, can we watch that? I haven't seen a video of that one. but Yeah, I it believe be it. Well, Judge Napolitano used to say, look, you think it's all well and good when they have all the surveillance devices on the cameras and stuff. But wait until you're about to cross the street and they call you by name.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was about to bring up next is where yeah. is this going next? They already have this technology. He said that
0: years ago. He's,
1: he was on point. Yeah. The smart technology that people wear, like glasses, so they are Alexas in their glasses, so it talks right into their ear. I imagine a future yes. where face everybody has a, wear- a wearable device and maybe along with public announcements, because this is public shaming, by the way, because when you're the minority of people not wearing a mask, maybe somebody doesn't think anything of it until a drone points it out, and now everybody's afraid of you. But these glasses... Or these these wearable devices, I imagine a future where because we have intelligence-gathering devices like Facebook that can get our niche interest, our personalities. Because we have technology that can re- can create fake voices that sound like real voices and fake video, I imagine a future where these public service announcements where our personal podcast or whatever that we're listening to on our smart glasses is interrupted with one of those beeps you get on television, the emergency broadcast system, or an Alexa – and we are warned in our ear personally in a personalized way that we are to do something specific or not do something specific. And the voice that will be used will be of the most trusted person in our lives. That's most Like likely. that Google
0: Alzheimer's guy. Yeah. It's going to be his wife.
1: His wife. Exactly.
0: And so here's the thing with the shaming is that, like, I don't want to be shamed. I don't want to take a stand on anything. But something like a vaccination or like Bloomberg was doing that with the sugary drinks, banning the sugary drinks, and then people were drinking NutraSweet, which is so much worse for you. Yeah. And then uh, I got a tweet, I think from JJ, uh, one of our JJ's, that said he used to wear had to wear a mask for something, and it very quickly started growing bacteria because of the moisture being trapped in there, and there, I mean, it's not a sterile environment, so. If you're gonna wear it for any extended period, it it could actually have the opposite effect. Same thing with vaccinations. You don't want them because you think they might hurt you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're just being a rebel, like the chick who wouldn't quarantine for Ebola. I mean, that wasn't really gonna hurt her, it wasn't gonna take much time. I would do it just because of the social pressure. I would do that for sure. I would do it just out of sense of personal responsibility. Yeah. But I- the vaccine inside so, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like I I was like super shamed by the doctors like you need to get a whooping cough vaccine not shame but i was like i was afraid to tell her that she's being ridiculous
1: yeah they were talking about that about how some citizens are keeping one mask and wearing it over and over again you're right that's terrible you're gonna get sick doing that
0: yeah it's bad news and a real sickness because bacteria is way worse than virus by the way yeah bacteria is really kill people all the time that was the biggest breakthrough in medical history in my opinion or i think
1: Doctors used to not use gloves. And the guy who discovered that wearing gloves can prevent you, like if you stick your hand in one person's body and put it in another, how wearing gloves can prevent that from spreading that bacteria, he was ostracized and shamed.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait. Was that?
1: I can't remember his name. It was like 40s maybe.
0: No, I know who it was. Um He was a... A drug addict. I want to say Williams, Halston. I don't know. I got, I wrote an article about him when Philip Seymour Hoffman died. Yeah, It was like one of the greatest guys, and he invented the gallbladder or something. Oh, maybe it was somebody else. One gallbladder surgery.
1: What to watch out for related to this virus is there's been some talk of it being more genetically specific, affecting those with specific genes. I'm wondering if this is going to accelerate the already accelerated development and use of gene editing type therapies in China. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to see Trump open the State of the Union with something like, let's take a moment of silence for the Democrats who couldn't be here, who are still struggling Waiting for the results of the Iowa caucus. I
0: think I don't think you're the first person to predict that he will take a shot at Democrats' math skills yeah. in the State of the Union address, which is tonight. And the next primary, just so you know, is February 11th in New Hampshire.
1: It is his turn. They did make fun of him for getting the wrong state about where Kansas City is located in a tweet yesterday. He tweeted.
0: I think that Kansas City chiefs are for both Missouri and Kansas, are they not?
1: I think that is reasonable, but when you're Trump and you misspell or you misstate— What is
0: the right answer?
1: It's in Missouri. He well, said the Kansas great state C- of Kansas is what—I know Kansas City is in both, but he was, he was congratulating the football team, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're from the great state of Kansas, and he got a lot of backlash. So the tables have turned today, as they always do, because we're all adult children living <laughs> in a giant high school. <laughs> you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at four p.m. on the 4com with the Propaganda Report podcast oh. feed.
0: Share the show Tuesday. Oh my
1: gosh! Share the show we Tuesday.
0: Absolutely have to share the show. We need to get the word out. Get uh, continue our growth so that we can show up better on search engines and help uh, just. Give us a little positive feedback. Pick one person
1: to share it with, and and here's an idea for people who've made it this far. We're almost through the whole song at the end of the show. It might be a first time. I love that song. It relaxes me. Here's what I ask you to do. If you tweet the show at somebody you know who's a friend, include us on the tweet so we get to know them.
0: Yeah, we can say hi. All right. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.